He certainly wasn't an ace, but Jordan Lyles was the biggest free agent signing for the Orioles last offseason. And you gotta admit it, he was worth every penny to this Orioles rotation. And coming up on this episode, we will talk about Jordan Lyles' 2022 season with the Orioles, how he helped this O's staff, and if he'll be back with that club option for 2023. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, October 28th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look back at the 2022 season for Jordan Lyles, his first and maybe his only with the Baltimore Orioles. We'll look at his year, what he did well, what he struggled with. And we'll try to figure out, will the Orioles pick up his $11 million club option for the 2023 season? But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And before we get started, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms, and we're still five days a week here in the offseason. One more week of five episodes. That'll be next week during the World Series. We'll be here with you Monday through Friday. Make sure to continue giving us five stars rating on Apple or Spotify. Leave a review if you can. Like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel as well. And then after next week, we will go down to three episodes a week. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday generally throughout the offseason. Still bringing you plenty of Orioles content as the O's get closer and closer to what should be a fun offseason in Baltimore. But again, we thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. For your first listen today, we are talking about Jordan Lyles and the season he had with the Orioles in 2022. Now, going back to the O's bringing in Lyles, if you remember back last offseason, the Orioles signed Lyles to a one-year $7 million deal with an $11 million club option for the 2023 season. Now, what a club option means is, you know, if it's a one-year deal with a club option, that means he pitches for you the first year. And then the team has about a week or so after the World Series before, you know, really until free agency starts to decide whether or not they would want to bring him back. That option is decided on in the initial contract. They said the option would be worth $11 million. And they're going to pay him $1 million, actually, if they do not pick up the option. But if they do, it'll be $11 million, and he'll be under contract for 2023. And then Lyles would be a free agent after next season. And when Lyles came into Baltimore, you know, he was a move, maybe not precisely Jordan Lyles, but the kind of player I think we figured the Orioles would bring in last offseason. Now, I was hoping they would spend on maybe two starting pitchers, even if they were both of Lyles' caliber. They only brought in one in Jordan Lyles. It ended up being okay because guys like Dean Kramer and Kyle Bradish and Tyler Wells and Spencer Watkins stepped up in the rotation, even after the John Means-Tommy John surgery. But Lyles also was better than I think anyone expected in an Oriole uniform this year. We just expected, hey, this is a guy who threw 180 innings for a bad Rangers team in 2021. And frankly, 
They were kind of 180 bad innings. He had a 5.15 ERA for Texas in 2021. He had a 7.02 ERA for Texas in about 60 innings in the 2020 shortened season. He just hadn't been good as a Ranger. So basically you were bringing in a 31-year-old right-hander who had had some success earlier in his career, you know, especially the years before he came to Texas. But we were basically looking for a guy who could just eat some innings for an Orioles staff that wasn't throwing a lot of innings in these really bad rebuild years. And he certainly did that, but he did a lot more, and he outpitched expectations. I mean, Lyles had really his best ERA since 2019, and it wasn't much worse than his career best ERA, which was 4.11 in 2018. He had a 4.42 ERA for the Orioles this season. Now, the final stats for Jordan Lyles, he made 32 starts for the O's this year. Missed, you know, one or two here or there, especially when he got sick with that stomach bug late in the season. But he was basically in the rotation almost the entire year. In 32 starts, he came up just shy of those 180 innings he threw in 2021 with the Rangers. He had 179 innings for the Orioles in this 2022 season. A 4.42 ERA, as I mentioned, with a 4.40 FIP. So basically, he pitched exactly to his peripherals with the Orioles this season. About 7.2 strikeouts per nine, 2.6 walks per nine for Jordan Lyles. He was worth 1.4 war, according to Fangraphs, which was the second highest total of his MLB career. And the reason why he had a higher war, not super high, but... If you throw 179 innings and some of them are solid and you maintain an ERA below 4.5, you're going to be worth a little bit to your team. And, you know, his strikeout rate was obviously below average, but so was his walk rate. You know, at 6.7% for Jordan Lyles, that was his lowest walk rate since his rookie year in 2011 with the Astros when he threw 94 innings. That was the only season of his career where he had a lower walk rate than he did with the Orioles this year. He just threw more strikes and more competitive strikes as well for the O's. And that was big, and and they obviously needed somebody to eat some innings. You know, second highest on the team was right around 120 innings, and he threw almost 180. That was huge. That was just valuable for the Orioles. And I talked about this on previous episodes You know, I never thought Jordan Lyles would win Most Valuable Oriole. That was going to Adley Rutschman all year. But I would have considered putting Jordan Lyles second on my Most Valuable Oriole list just because it was solid innings. And he was the first Oriole in a long time to, you know, get near 200 innings like that. I mean, John Means is the only guy that's come anywhere close. But he really hasn't because of injuries, you know, that he's dealt with the last couple of years. So to have that in the rotation was was just huge for the Orioles. You know, you break down the stats even further for Jordan Lyles, and he upped his stuff as well. That's really what helped him get better this year. I mean, he was a six-pitch pitcher, which was certainly interesting to watch. But what he did is, you know, revamp his slider some. He turned it into more of that sweeper slider. And, you know, his pitch mix was generally the same as it had been in the past. You know, he threw six different pitches last year with the Rangers as well. But it was the mixing of the secondaries that allowed him 
to have success. Like, yeah, guys hit 286 against his four-seam fastball this year. It's not an elite fastball by any stretch, but they had a 30% whiff rate against that sweeper, and, you know, he got a, a lot of strikeouts on that pitch. The sinker, he was really able to command in the zone. It did get hit around a bit, but then he threw the curveball, which he only threw 13% of the time, but opponents hit just 205 against that curveball this year with a pretty good whiff rate. And then, you know, he could throw his, his changeup, which he threw almost exclusively to left-handers, but it was a way to get lefties out. Same with his cutter. You know, he only threw 80 cutters this year out of, you know, thousands of pitches, but it was mostly to lefties. So just another pitch to get lefties out. Meanwhile, his slider, he basically exclusively threw to righties through that sweeper to get them out. So he had a plan of attack. He does not have an elite pitch. The sweeper, I like, and the curveball, I like, but he does not have an elite pitch. It's a kitchen sink approach with six pitches. He threw more strikes than he ever had, and it basically put him in a spot to be productive for the Orioles this season. And that is basically what they needed. A productive veteran pitcher in this rotation to just get them some innings. And he got them a complete game. He got them some, you know, six and seven and eight inning starts when they really needed it, when the bullpen needed a break from time to time this season. And even though the stats weren't amazing, they were good enough to make those innings really, really valuable for the Orioles this year. But, you know, coming up next, we'll dive even more into the numbers for Jordan Lyles, kind of what he did, you know, where his hot streaks were, where his cold streaks were, and what he really meant to this Orioles team, not just on the field, but off the field and in the clubhouse as well. But first, got to tell you about betonline.net, because it's your number one source for betting football, betting basketball, and of course, betting baseball this season as well. The World Series starts tonight. It's the Phillies and the Astros. You can get all the lines and the odds on the World Series at betonline.net. But of course, football as well. College football and the NFL right smack in the middle of their seasons. Get all the lines on every game. Get player developments, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis, every game out there. And then, hey, you got the NBA season just started. You got the NHL season just started. College basketball is right around the corner. And Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info for every sport. They've got live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. So we're talking Jordan Lyles in the season that was really important to the Orioles in 2022. And I, I mentioned the stats and what he was able to do in the innings he was able to eat. And, you know, he became this moniker for Orioles Twitter, Jordan Lyles, nom, nom, nom. You know, he's just eating innings. And, you know, the things he would always tell the media about wanting to scratch one out for the boys and, you know, get, get one more inning out there to save the bullpen, to, to help out the starters moving forward. And Lyles in general was just, I think, really a great mentor to this young Orioles staff. You know, guys we talked about as clubhouse guys this year were really the three veteran free agents that the Orioles brought in this year, the only three, Jordan Lyles, Rugnet Odor, and Robinson Chirinos. And while Odor certainly had some big, big moments at the plate and honestly in the field at times this year for the Orioles, generally he was more about vibes and clubhouse and generally, he didn't have a good season. We know Robinson Chirinos was frankly really bad on the field, despite all the leadership he had in the clubhouse. But for Jordan Lyles, he was a better mix of that veteran clubhouse leader who also produced on the field for the Orioles as well. You know, throwing 180 at least, you know, league average innings, which was helpful to the O's this year. And, and you kind of dive deeper into, you know, what he did with the stats. And, you know, he was 
generally fairly even. I mean, lefties hit him a little harder, but it wasn't these these crazy kind of splits that he had. You kind of look at, at how he did throughout the season. He was pretty consistent, which was was really big for the O's as well. You know, he was a little better in the second half, which helped them. He had a 3.91 ERA after the All-Star break, a 4.76 ERA before the All-Star break. And he had some good months, like, you know, August was when he was really at his best with a 3.18 ERA, but he had a good May and, you know, an okay July as well. And, and he really didn't have a terrible month. I would say June was the only time I was a little worried. He had a 6.28 ERA in June. That was his worst, worst month of the year by far, but he turned it around with a good July and a great August. So he was right back in it for the Orioles. And I just think what he gave them was so important. And then, you know, you heard from all these Orioles young starters, you know, especially when John Means, who is supposed to be your veteran ace, goes down after two starts and has to get Tommy John surgery. You're left with Jordan Lyles kind of being acting as the de facto ace for a bit and all these young starters. You have Tyler Wells, second year in the big leagues, first year as a starter. He's in your rotation. You have Kyle Bradish, you know, gets to the big leagues at the end of April for the first time. You have Dean Kramer in really his first full big league season after having a miserable 2021. You've got Spencer Watkins, who is in his second big league season and his first as really a, a true almost full-time starter in a rotation. Kind of those are the guys that Lyles was working with and basically mentoring throughout this season. And it kind of worked. You know, they all called him dad, even though, you know, he was only 31, only a few years older than some of these guys. But they called him dad. He was the veteran leader on this team. They would always wear, sh you know, shirts with his face on the front. It seemed like Lyles really meant a lot to this Orioles team this year, both on and off the field. And listen, I am not saying that Jordan Lyles had some elite season. That Jordan Lyles, you know, is projecting to get a lot better in his career. I mean, he's gonna—he's already 32 years old, and he's been in the big league since 2011. And although this was one of his better seasons of his career, we kind of know what Jordan Lyles is. He can get you close to 200 innings, and when he's on, those can be slightly above big league average innings, which I think every team needs. Like even the elite teams would take that as maybe their number five starter. Now, Lyles was more than a number five starter for the Orioles this year, obviously, throwing 60 more innings than any other Orioles pitcher. But you at least like what he was able to do. And yeah, he got hit hard at times. And yeah, there were some rough starts in there. I mean, you look at the game logs, he gave you a lot of innings, but it's not like every start was six, seven, eight innings for the Orioles. I mean, there was times he got hit around. You just roll through, you know, his game logs. You go back to that start against the Rays, you know, in mid-July, six runs in, in two and two-thirds. There was back-to-back -back starts in August against the Rays and the Red Sox where he just got four and four and a third innings when the O's really, really needed something more out of him. He had that horrendous start against Boston in September when he gave up eight runs in three and two-thirds when he was clearly still sick. So he had some, some rough outings. I mean, even his first outing, if you remember back, you know, April 9th against Tampa Bay, he was bad. I mean, he gave up five runs on seven hits with two Ks and three walks over five innings against the Rays. And we looked at that and said, he was lucky to just give up five runs because the Rays, I mean, it seemed like every hitter had a hard hit ball against him. He was lucky to get through five. And we were worried. And what did he do next? Next start, five and a third, one run against the Yankees. Start after that, five scoreless against the Athletics, and he just kind of settled in. And then once we got to May, he started stretching things out. He went six innings, seven and a third, five and two-thirds, seven, six and two-thirds. Those were his first five starts of May, and we realized, oh, man, like this guy can pitch deep into games, and then you see what he does at the end of the year 
for the Orioles. You know, he had that one weird appearance against the Red Sox, his second to last start, where he was getting hit hard and there was the rain and he only threw two innings. But his two, his last two, I'll say, legitimate starts of the year, you know, we're not counting that rain delay one in Boston where he had to leave after two innings. You have a complete game against Detroit, one run, three hits, six Ks, and no walks. And then his last start of the year, I would argue, was his best of the year. Against the Yankees, seven innings, one run, four hits, nine Ks, and one walk. And remember, that was the Friday night game in the Bronx when the Orioles were still technically alive. He just dominated the Yankees, led the O's to a 2-1 to win. Now they were eliminated later that night when the Mariners won, officially eliminated from playoff contention. But that start kept them alive in the playoffs with five games to go in the season. I mean, that was fun by Jordan Lyles. So it even ended well for the 32-year-old. But that all comes together, and you look at all of his stats on the season, and you look at the pitch mix, and you like the sweeper. But in general, there's not really an elite pitch in there. And so that brings you to your next question. Where should he fall in on a team that is trying to take that next step? Michael Elias says it's going to be liftoff this offseason. Where would Jordan Lyles fall in on a better baseball team? A team that isn't surprising you that they're competing for the playoffs, but from day one is trying to get to the playoffs. So we'll try to answer the question coming up next. Should the Orioles and will the Orioles pick up his club option for 2023? So we're talking about Jordan Lyles and everything he gave to the Orioles in 2022. It was on a one-year, $7 million contract, but it had a club option for 2023 that would cost the Orioles $11 million to bring him back. And basically, the Orioles kind of have three options here, and they're going to have to decide about a week after the World Series ends. So about a couple weeks from now, the O's are going to have to make this decision. Decision number one is you decline the club option. You pay him a million dollars to essentially buy him out of his contract, and Jordan Lyles becomes a free agent. Now, in that sense, you could try and re-sign him maybe for less than $11 million, but I would think if the O's don't pick up the option, he'll probably sign somewhere else with probably another more rebuilding team on a major league deal and help with innings in their rotation. Second option is you just pick up the club option. You pay him the $11 million. You go into spring training with him as an option for your rotation, a veteran who gives you depth, can give you length, and give you innings, and say, you know what? Maybe at worst, he's in the rotation until John Means returns in you know June or July from his Tommy John surgery, and then Means replaces Lyles, but we have him as the five starter until then. And then the third option is actually what the Orioles did with Jose Iglesias a couple years ago. Remember the Orioles brought in Iglesias to be their shortstop in the 2020 season. He had those great offensive stats. He actually had the same deal where he had a club option for a second year. The Orioles picked up that club option, and I think like two days after they picked it up, they traded Iglesias away. They traded him to the Angels and got Gene Pinto and Garrett Stallings back in that trade. The O's could do that too with Jordan Lyles. They could pick up that $11 million option if they think there's a trade market and they think they won't need him as much because they're going to bring in more pitching next year. They could pick it up and then they could trade him away this offseason for other pieces. I don't think that's as likely for a player like Lyles. A, because you know he isn't coming off as good of a season as Iglesias was. B, he's a little older, and C, the Orioles were still in full rebuild mode when they traded Iglesias. They're now in win mode at this point with Jordan Lyles, so I don't see that happening. But we try to answer the question, will the O's pick up that option? I've alluded to it. I've talked about it on multiple different episodes throughout the season and so far in the offseason here on the podcast. But I'm going to try to give you my definitive answer. When you break it down, 
I would think that if you get the same season out of Jordan Lyles, you get about 180 innings, you know, a 4 to a 4.5 ERA, you know, 1 to 2 war, he eats innings, he has some good starts, he has some so-so starts, but in general he can save your bullpen and is a great clubhouse guy that helps with the young pitchers. If you are willing to spend, if you are willing to really up that payroll, like Mike Elias has talked about heading into this offseason, then what Jordan Lyles gave you this year, I think is worth $11 million. I think if you're willing to spend much more than that and you feel like bringing in Lyles or bringing him back, I should say, for $11 million isn't going to you know, handcuff you and make you not sign other free agents, then it's totally worth it to have Jordan Lyles come in and, and maybe be your number five starter, at least until Means comes back, and you pay him $11 million to eat some more innings and, and get a, a really good start from time to time. But if the Orioles are only going to slightly increase payroll, you know, they're going to pay their arbitration guys and maybe go after one or two free agents, but, you know, it's only going to jump from $40 million to, say, $70 million for next year, then I don't think the O's would do it because even though he ate those innings and Jordan Lyles went nom, nom, nom for most of the season, especially late, a guy with a 4-4-2 ERA without an elite pitch at 32 years old He's maybe not worth that $11 million to you because you could use that $11 million and go after like a buy-low candidate, you know, a starting pitcher, you know, for $8, $9, $10 million who maybe is coming off a, a similar year, a bad year, coming off an injury, but has some really good elite traits. You know, Lyles doesn't have a super elite trait except for he can give you length, but maybe you go get a guy like the Dodgers did with like Andrew Haney or Tyler Anderson. They identify a guy who is being undervalued but has an elite pitch or a couple elite pitches or something they can tweak in, in their windup. Maybe the O's find a guy like that for a similar or lesser price. I could see that happening. So it's going to be a really, really tough decision for the Orioles coming up here. And I've gone back and forth with this all offseason. I get the side of picking it up. $11 million shouldn't be much if they're going to increase payroll. He was so big for you this year. Why not bring him back? And you know what? If it doesn't work out, maybe you can throw him in the bullpen. Maybe you just have to DFA him at some point. But I see the other side of it. You know, Even if the O's increase payroll, are they going to increase it enough where $11 million to one player, which would be the you know largest contract Mike Elias has handed to anybody so far, would that be enough to you know still get other pieces this offseason? If they're still going to be stingy with the spending, we don't know what the Angeloses are up to except for the fact that they're suing each other and fighting, then maybe they don't pick it up. And I've even gone back and forth on what I think is going to happen all the way up to recording this episode here on a Thursday night. But as I look at what the O's, I think, are going to do this offseason— and as I look at what, you know, you really dive into the numbers, what Jordan Lyles really did, I think I would be fine with him being back. No question about it, especially if the O's are still spending on other players. But I think my official prediction is that they decline the option. And I don't think it's because the Orioles aren't willing to spend $11 million. I think it's because they trust Dean Kramer and they trust Tyler Wells and they trust Kyle Bradish. And they know John Means will be back around June of next year. And they certainly trust him to be an ace-like guy. They think Grayson Rodriguez is healthy. They're going to add a starting pitcher in free agency or trade. And I think another big thing is, too, they are ready to put D.L. Hall in the starting rotation to begin 2023. 
And with other options, like maybe Keegan Aiken or, you know, a Mike Bauman's in there or, or hopefully another free agent starting pitcher that's better than Lyles, I think the O's are ready to upgrade from Jordan Lyles. And that's nothing against Lyles. I thank him so much for what he gave to the Orioles this year. And again, would not be mad at all if they picked up that option and brought him back. But I think they decline it because they're ready to move forward. They're not just looking to sign the innings eater guys. They're looking to sign guys who may give them close to 180 innings, but 180 better innings. They're going to help this team go from surprise great story with a winning record to playoff team in 2023. And if that's the case, I thank Jordan Lyles so much. He gave the Orioles a whole lot this year. But I think it's time to upgrade there. And that's why my official prediction would be the Orioles decline that option. He becomes a free agent and they upgrade at that spot in the rotation for 2023. But still, a great find by the O's. And, and I think Jordan Lyles on and off the field did just so much, so much in helping the 2022 Orioles surprise everyone and be that close to the playoffs this season. But that'll do it for this week here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening all week, all offseason, all season long as well. Of course, we'll be back with you here on Monday. Enjoy games one and two of the World Series. You've got the Phillies. You've got the Astros. I'd like to see Trey Mancini win, maybe not some other Astros, but it'd be cool to see Philly rocking when they go back next week. It'll just be a fun World Series, I think, that starts tonight. And I'll be back with you on Monday talking a little World Series game one and two and, of course, continuing our 2022 Orioles player review series as when we're back on Monday, we're going to be able to sniff that offseason. And again, I keep saying the word that Michael I said, hopefully liftoff for the Orioles is coming sooner and sooner. But again, I'll be back with you on Monday. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.